0: Well, hello, and welcome to church. I'm so excited to see each and every one of you. I hope you had the best week in the world. And let me tell you, you are in the best place in the world to have the best start of your next week. Can I get an amen? So happy that each of you are here. If we have yet to meet, my name is Spencer. I have the honor and privilege of being one of the pastors here at the harbor. And I am overjoyed to share with you the Bible today. I love the Bible And it is so amazing that we get to be together and read from it. Hey, just like Pastor Adam mentioned earlier this morning, it is the beginning today of Passion Week or Holy Week. And it is Palm Sunday. Happy Palm Sunday, everybody. We talked about Palm Sunday a solid five weeks back, I believe, as we are in, if you've been here in the last couple weeks, we've been through a series called Seven Days, going through this thing that we call Passion Week or Holy Week, and it is an instrumental week of the life of Jesus in the last seven days leading up to his death on Good Friday and his resurrection on Sunday. And today we are going to continue in that on this beautiful, sunny Palm Sunday as Jesus, a solid 2,000 years ago, made his triumphal entry into the city Of Jerusalem. It's so good to be in the house and worship him together. You are all amazing. If you have yet to listen to any of the messages in the last week, weeks leading up to today, I encourage you to do that, especially the one on Palm Sunday. If you missed that, go home this afternoon. If you haven't been sick of church by the end of today, go ahead and listen to that message because it is incredible. Pastor Adam has done an amazing job consolidating a lot of scripture into several bite-sized messages, so it's been incredible to do that. Hey, I have a question for you. Have you ever heard about the Christian horse? And men who are at the men's breakfast, don't, don't <laughs> spoil my joke. So have you, have you ever heard the one about the Christian horse? There was this man, and he, was, uh, he, he bought a farm, and he was searching on Craigslist for a horse, and he, he really wanted one, a Christian man, a faithful man. And he saw this listing for a Christian horse, and he's like, Well, I'm a Christian. The horse is a Christian. Wow, that just works out. Why don't I go ahead and buy it? So he goes and he goes off to the ranch where the horse is at, and the farmer says, Hey, listen, the horse is awesome. He's great. He comes with a couple instructions to get him to go. You have to say, Praise the Lord. It's like, okay, that's, that's cool. To so get him to stop, you have to say, amen. It's like, okay, pretty simple. Words I say in church every single Sunday, praise the Lord and amen, totally fine. So he hops on the horse and he says, praise the Lord. Lo and behold, the horse starts to trot. How incredible is that? Someone trained a horse to be a Christian. That's amazing. So the horse starts going, he starts going, he says, praise the Lord, and the horse starts running. That's incredible. And he says, praise the Lord again. And the horse goes on a full-out sprint like a Mustang in the wild. And it's the most beautiful thing. And as he's going through the clearing of the forest, he sees a cliff coming to the edge of him. And he says, amen, at the top of his lungs. And he stops right before the cliff right here. Praise the Lord. (laughs) I am so excited to share in the Bible today as we continue. Pastor Adam started um, the part A, we'll say, of what we call Thursday in the Passion Week with the Lord's Supper and everything that the table entails and everything that he taught in all those chapters. And it was incredible. I encourage you to go back and listen to that. And today we are continuing in kind of a part B of Thursday and early into Friday morning in the Garden of Gethsemane. We're going to read some Bible today. Is that okay with you? Amazing. We're going to start in Matthew chapter 26, starting in verse 36. It says this Then Jesus went with them to a place called Gethsemane. My wife was reading a scripture similar to this. Last night to our children and hearing her try to pronounce Gethsemane was just incredible. It was amazing. Go home and try and say Gethsemane 10 times fast with your children. It'll be awesome. And he said to his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And talking with him, Peter, and two of the sons of Zebedee, he began to be sorrowful and troubled. Then he said to them, my soul is very sorrowful, even to death. Remain here and watch with me. And going a little further, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to his disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, So could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit is indeed willing, but the flesh is weak. Can I get an amen? Again, for the second time, he went away and prayed, My father, if this cannot pass unless I drink it, your will be done. And again, he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. So leaving them again, he went away and prayed this for a third time, saying the same words again. Then he came to his disciples and said to them, Sleep and take your rest later on. See, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Rise, let us be going. See, my betrayer is at hand. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for the scriptures. Thank you that they can form us into your likeness. Thank you for the revelation of who Jesus is. We ask that you would open up our ears to hear and our hearts to receive your words today. In Jesus' name, can somebody say amen? Amen. Amen. This is one of the most sobering and beautiful passages of scripture in all of the gospels. And next to the death, and reality of all that that entailed, I feel like this is one of the most predominant moments in Jesus' life where his humanity is revealed. If you don't know, Jesus is fully God and fully man. Not half and half, not a little bit of this, not a little bit of that. Jesus is fully God and fully man. And he experienced the exact same human reality that you and I experienced He experienced it through the lens of being fully God himself, but he also experienced it through the lens of being fully man. Jesus was a human. I know that we can kind of desensitize that sometimes because he was fully God, is fully God eternally, but Jesus was also fully human. And what I want to present to you today is that Jesus is the perfect example of what it looks like to be human. He walked the human life perfectly, sinless, yet experienced the exact same things that you and I experienced today. And today, it is my joy that we can have a conversation about suffering, about pain. Because I truly do believe That Jesus is the perfect example of what it looks like to walk through suffering, to walk through pain, under submission to his Father in a perfect manner. There's a scripture that I'll share again at the end, but it says, Come to me, all who are weary and heavy burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am lowly and humble in heart. What does that mean? Jesus experienced pain. He experienced a heavy yoke. He experienced rejection and suffering. He, in this context, just had supper with his best friends, and one of them is going to betray him and hand him over to death. The other one of them, who is one of his best friends, is going to deny three separate times that he ever even knew him, let alone the fact that he is confronted with the reality of what he is about to walk into, that being the cross. Jesus walked through pain and suffering and sorrow absolutely perfectly and if you have lived any sort of life whatsoever Christian or not it is pretty obvious to us that life is not absent of suffering and the gospel if you have ever heard a gospel that has been preached to you that says when you accept Jesus that your life will be perfect that your life will be easy and that you'll never have hardship that's a lie And in love in my heart, I present that to you. The Christian life is not absent of suffering, but what it is full of is a shepherd that goes before us. A shepherd that paves a way of how to walk this path. And not only that, but one that stands beside us. Is that okay if we talk about that a little bit today? Jesus is the perfect example of what it looks like to walk through suffering, St. Augustine said, God had one son on earth without sin, but never one without suffering. And Jesus' invitation to us is that we would experience that full abundant life that he offers us in the midst of pain, in the midst of suffering. So we're going to look at this passage and we're going to talk through a few things that Jesus presents to us Are fully accessible and available to us if you find yourself or rather when you find yourself in a moment of suffering number one is that there is joy in the pain there is joy in the pain scripture is full of constant reminders to count it worthy when you go through trials James says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, when you face every kind of fiery trial. Like, thanks, James. I consider it great joy. This is awesome. I love it. The, 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 the apostles in the book of Acts, when they, when they get, you know, severely persecuted and hurt and they come out of prison, it says that they were jumping with joy that the Lord Jesus considered them worthy to face persecution. Like, Pardon? I don't, I really hope that I can get there. (laughs) I really do. But these moments of suffering are really hard as we're confronted with the reality of our human life here on earth, right? And it's hard to experience joy. But like I said, we have a leader. We have a king, a shepherd who has walked this path and displayed perfectly how we can then follow. Hebrews 12 says, we've all heard this verse before, therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and the sin which clings so closely. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder and protector of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. It says, for the joy that was set before him, he endured this kind of suffering. Do you know what one of the biggest parts of this joy was that was set before him? You. You. That as Jesus was, in, in Luke's gospel, it says that when Jesus was in that garden of Gethsemane that we, pray, that we read, he was on his knees praying, and he was so in anguish that he was sweating drops of blood. Like, that's the type of anxiety and despair that he felt about what he was about to walk into. Yet, do you know what was on his mind? You. When he hung on the cross and he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. It wasn't just talking about the people that were around him doing this to him. He was talking about you. Because he had you on his mind. And when Jesus goes and he hangs himself on a cross and he dies and he goes, he is preparing a place for you and I now in heaven currently. It is for the joy that was set before him, a real-life living relationship, not only here on earth but for eternity, that he walked through the pain. So if Jesus displayed that there's joy to be experienced in the pain, I want to present to you today that you can experience the same. It's kind of this image of, like, childbirth, right? You go through ch- Oh, Oh, I got a text from my wife. You're a man. Don't talk about birth. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I'll back off. I'll back off. Back off. It doesn't take a single type of person to recognize what a woman goes through during childbirth. But you go through it with the knowledge of the joy that you're going to experience on the other side. I remember when my wife had one of our children, and I don't, don't tell her, but I kind of forget which one it was, but she, she went through the childbirth process and when she held our baby in her arms, she said, you were worth it. When you experience that understanding of what you can experience, there's joy to be experienced in the midst of pain. And what I believe that Jesus, so we're gonna go through that verse, not my will, let this cup be taken from me, but not my will, but yours be done. We're gonna go through this verse a couple times today and pick apart a few things that I believe that in that very moment, in that very sentence, that Jesus displays in his relationship with his father that you and I can have with ours. And the first thing is that he was honest, that we can be honest with God. That Jesus, in his full divinity, displayed one of the most, that I believe, one of the most incredible displays of humanity and honesty with his Father. He said, my Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Jesus, the God-man, who knew exactly what he was going to do this entire time walking the earth, hits this moment of confrontation of reality of what he's about to walk through and says, Father, please, if it's possible, if there's any other way, let me walk away. Jesus was honest with God, with his Father. And if you find yourself in the midst of suffering today, I want to encourage you, be honest with God. Did you know that God has emotions? Did you know that he's like an actual person and he feels things? That's why he feels love for you. And that's why sometimes, like all fathers do, he gets a little bit upset with us. and Because he loves you. And do you know what the worst thing that I think would absolutely hurt the heart of God? Is when we don't approach him in the same manner. In that we can't be honest with him about our emotions or about our feelings when we walk through suffering. Like, it's okay to tell God how you feel. Can I get an amen? Amen. Jesus displayed Jesus, the perfect son of God, fully human, displayed, hey, it's okay to be honest with God about your feelings. And just like you would in marriage, if you don't share your emotions with that person that you have your relationship with, guess what? Eventually they're gonna bottle up and eventually you're gonna start to resent that person. And I fully believe that the same is true for your relationship with the Lord. If you can't confront and with the reality of your emotions and be honest with God, eventually you will start to resent him. But if we get to the point where we can be honest and vulnerable about the things that we're experiencing with God, maybe, just maybe, he could heal us. Maybe, just maybe, we could be in an emotionally healthy reality with who God is. Three times Jesus prayed this prayer. Please take it away. Jesus displayed honesty and humanity. C.S. Lewis says it takes courage to live through suffering, but it takes honesty to observe it. What I want to encourage you today, what Jesus wants to encourage you today through how he displayed his reality is that you can be honest with God, that he was honest with his father. Number two, so there's joy in the pain and there's peace in the process. John 13, sorry, sixteen thirty three says, I have said these things to you, this is Jesus talking, that you may have, can somebody say peace? Peace. In the world, you will have tribulation. You will have trouble. I can guarantee it. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. Jesus lived in this reality, and he full well knew that in the middle of what he was experiencing, in the middle of his pain, in the middle of his suffering, in the middle of rejection, in the middle of full well knowing that his best friends are going to deny him, he had a peace to be able to walk through this process because he knew that his father was with him. And he offers the same reality to each and every one of us today. No matter what you're going through, Jesus is present in your life. Jesus is present with you. We don't experience peace in the absence of suffering, but in the presence of God. Let me say that again. We don't experience peace in the absence of suffering. That's called happiness. It's fleeting. It's futile at best. But we experience peace in the presence of God, which is always available to you. Always available to you. No matter what you are walking through, the peace that Jesus has to offer you is fully accessible and it's a free gift for you to receive. But I find often when we can't confront the reality and the honesty of what we're walking through with God, we almost reject the free gift of peace that he wants to give to us. My invitation to you today would be open up your heart. Be vulnerable. Be willing to accept the peace that Jesus has for you. And know it does not make your situation easier or hurt less. But knowing, like that scripture I read at the beginning, knowing that someone is walking beside us, equally carrying our burdens, gives us a peace that transcends all understanding that rules in our hearts and our minds. Isaiah 53 is this chapter in the Old Testament, hundreds of years before Jesus was even born. And it's a full-length prophecy, one of the most beautiful ones, about Jesus, what he's going to do and what he's going to fulfill, right? He's bruised for our transgressions, all that kind of stuff. You've heard this before. And it says, Isaiah 53, 7 says, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth, like a lamb that is led to the slaughter, and like a sheep that before its shearers is silent, so he opened not his mouth. Why? Why? Because Jesus had a peace and a reality of peace in his heart and in his mind that he was walking through the Father's will. That he was walking through the Father's plan. And in the midst of that process, I'm here to declare to you today that in the middle of your pain, Jesus is with you. And he is the Prince of Peace. And he is present with you. He is with you today. So Jesus was honest with God. We can be honest with God. Next, he was submitted to God. Again, that verse, it says, My Father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus displayed honesty and humanity with his Father in the midst of his suffering. And Jesus displayed surrender and submission to his father's plan in the midst of his pain, in the midst of his suffering. My friends, we can be honest with God. And we must yield our lives and our situation knowing that God knows better. And I want to tell you today that just because you're in the middle of a process That you're in the middle of a pain, this is not the end of the story. God is gonna work it for good. So have peace in the process. He is present with you. Display submission to your Father because we have a shepherd who did it first. We have someone that we can walk in the footsteps of. So there's joy in the pain, there's peace in the process and there is hope in the promise. Matthew 16:21 says from that time Jesus began to show his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and the chief priests and scribes and to be killed and on the third day be raised. Just cuz it's Friday doesn't mean that Sunday's not coming. There is hope in the promise of God that you and I will be restored, that you and I will be resurrected, that your suffering, that your pain does not go without reason, but in the reason, in the process, in the pain, there is a hope and a promise that God will heal you, that God will restore your relationships, that God will give you peace in the midst of it. There is a hope in the promise. Romans 16 verse 3 through 5 says, do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried therefore with him by baptism in death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly, certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. My friends, if you walk through the way of the cross, walk the way and the path of suffering that your Savior has laid out for you, that he is beside you, he is in front of you, he is behind you, walk through that. I promise you there is a hope of resurrection. And as a little caveat, this is why we get baptized. It is the most beautiful public confession. It is a beautiful symbol. But even deeper than that, when we walk into baptism, we are walking in the way of Christ. That we, when we go under the water, we are joining him in what he did in his death. And when we come up out of the water, we are joining him in what he did in his resurrection. Can I get an amen? It is the most beautiful part of the Christian life. And if you have not gotten baptized, shameless plug, next week we're, getting, we're having a baptism. Get baptized. It is a beautiful, beautiful moment of walking in the footsteps of Jesus. I digress. So Jesus was honest with God. We can be honest with God. He was submitted to his father. You and I need to be submitted to the father's plan. Number three, he was confident in God. Again, that verse says, My father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. So Jesus was able to be honest with God in the midst of his pain and suffering. He was, be, he was able to be submitted to his father, the person. Like under God. But he had a confidence that God's plan is the best plan. even though it might be painful, even though you may be walking through hardship or trial, have confidence today that God's plan is the best way. And I promise you, my friends, God works all things together for good, for the sake of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. All things, every single thing. If you think it's irredeemable, think again. God works all things together for good. If your children are far from the Lord and you're walking through suffering, they're not too far gone. Have peace and hope. If you have an ailment in your body and you are physically walking through suffering, We're going to pray for you at the end if you'd be willing. God can heal you. But there's hope in him. Whether what we experience on earth or in heaven, the reality is that God will restore you. He will. I don't know the timing, and it's not my place to know. Nor yours. But when we're honest, and submitted and confident that God is good and he has a plan for our good, we can trust him. In The last five years of my life, I have experienced four major moments of suffering. Most recently, um, This is the first time i'm going to be sharing this publicly is that okay if we get vulnerable with one another Um, most recently just before our youngest child was born i had my hand um, crushed by a tractor bucket and i had walked through uh, many moments of suffering before that point that i kind of had a bit of a framework of how how i could walk through this with jesus I tell you it still wasn't easy it was very painful not just physically but as many of you know I'm, i play guitar and the reality that I can never play guitar like I once did is a painful thing to walk through maybe you see me up here playing guitar y'all you, you didn't walk through this process with me but these last few weeks has been the first time I've played guitar since that moment and um, can I be on, honest with you? It's not easy. It's actually extremely painful physically and it's really hard for me emotionally to not be able to do what I once could do but there was this moment kind of right in the middle <laughs> right in the middle of that process of healing physically that um, I was sitting at the back of a church service and the Holy Spirit came and ministered to me and spoke to me that I can trust the Lord in the midst of this process and through pure vulnerability and honesty my prayer to God was no matter what the outcome is here on earth, Maybe I never get mobility in my fingers again, maybe I can never play guitar the same way again. God, you're worthy. I trust you. I trust your plan, and I trust that you can work all things together for good. Can I tell you one of the most beautiful ironically like kingdom upside down beautiful things that we can experience here on earth when you enter into heaven and enter into the other side of eternity there's one thing that you'll never be able to offer God and that's praise through suffering because when we experience the full perfection of heaven and what that looks like there will be no more suffering There will be no more pain, no more death, none of that, gone. But on this side of earth, we still experience that. And you will never, ever, for all of eternity, be able to offer God the kind of worship that you can offer him here on earth while you walk through pain and suffering. And I think that's the most beautiful kind. And I think that's what Jesus displayed when he submitted himself to God's plan. Can you stand? Jesus perfectly, perfectly displayed what it looks like to walk through pain and suffering. And I don't know about you, but I think a God that it thinks it's okay, thinks it's a good idea, To leave heaven, to come to earth, to be born as a baby. To live a normal human life and experience the reality of humanity with all its pain, all its rejection, all its suffering. So that he could then get to a point of death, even death on a cross. So that he could be resurrected. So that you could have a relationship with him. I don't know about you, but I believe that a God who would do that is worthy of my praise. I believe that a God who would do that is worthy of my life, that for the joy you and I set before him endured the cross. I don't know about you, but he's worthy. So we're going to praise him. Is that okay with you? We're going to give him Glory. And if you find yourself in a place of pain or suffering, it is my challenge, encouragement, with all the love in my heart, give God all the glory you can give Him. Because you will never be able to give Him this kind of praise for all of eternity. Give Him the best you can here and now. Let's worship together.